Hello and welcome to the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast, episode number six. My name is Stacy Knowles, Entertainment Director and Professional Wedding DJ at SNDJ Entertainment in Pensacola, Florida. And if this is your first time with us, welcome. Let me tell you what we're all about. The SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast is designed to help brides and grooms who are planning a wedding reception to make that process a lot easier. I've been hosting weddings and planning wedding receptions for almost 19 years, so it's my pleasure to be able to record these podcast episodes and help you out, especially if you are like a lot of brides and grooms who uh, don't even know where to start when it comes to planning a wedding reception. Well, if you're in that situation, then I would say you are probably among 90% of most brides and grooms. I also want to stress that even though we are located in Pensacola, Florida, the information provided in these podcast episodes is for everyone, regardless of where you may live. It's not just targeted for brides and grooms in Northwest Florida or the Gulf Coast region of the United States. No matter where you are, if you're planning a wedding reception, then I can promise you that you will get something out of this and hopefully will help you relieve some stress. Now, just to recap, if you haven't heard our first five episodes, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to them. Also, if you'd like to see some video of events we have hosted while we're listening to this podcast, we encourage you to visit our YouTube channel, We include the audio of these podcasts over videos from recent weddings, so at times you can see what we're actually talking about when I give certain examples if you watch it on YouTube. Just do a search for Stacey Knowles DJ, that's S-T-A-C-E-Y-N-O-L-E-S-D-J on YouTube, and it will come up. We have all of our podcasts listed under the Wedding Planning Videos for Brides and Grooms playlist. In our first five episodes, we talked about how SNDJ Entertainment got started. We talked about the planning process, we walked you through an outline of a typical wedding reception, and broke it down for you. We also gave you some tips on how to save money on your wedding and, and so much more. Again, I encourage you to go back and listen to our first five episodes because I know you'll get something out of them. Now in this episode, episode six, we're going to talk about spotlight dances, some icebreakers, and we're also going to answer some of your questions. Okay, let's get started with episode six. Let's talk about spotlight dances. Okay, so what are spotlight dances? Well, those are the dances that you will have at your reception, such as your first dance, father-bride dance, mother-groom dance, etc. Oftentimes, brides and grooms aren't sure what to choose when it comes to choosing the songs for their spotlight dances, and what I always tell them is choose something that is always meaningful for you. And let's take your first dance, for example. Now, your first dance is the most important dance of the whole reception. It's your first dance as husband and wife. When choosing a first dance song, a lot of brides and grooms tend to think that it has to be a slow song, and that's simply not true. I always tell brides and grooms it needs to be something that's meaningful for you. A lot of times, brides and grooms will choose a song that may have been playing the first time they met, or maybe the song that was playing on the radio the first time they kissed in the car, or even a song that describes their relationship. All are wonderful choices. Other times, I've had brides and grooms that may have chosen a song that they do a funny dance to, and they've spent time rehearsing it. I even had a bride and groom one time choose the Gilligan's Island theme because they met on a boat that had engine trouble which left them stranded for several hours. I also had a bride and groom chose a song the groom wrote. He sent me an mp3 of him singing the song and I played it through my sound system for their first dance. So when it comes to choosing your first dance song, there really aren't any rules. Just pick something that's meaningful to you. It's the same with your other spotlight dances such as your father bride dance, mother groom dance, and any other spotlight dances you may have. Another common question we get is how many spotlight dances should we do? 
Well, my answer to that is as many as you would like. I've had brides and grooms choose to do dances with their favorite uncle, brother, sister, grandparents. Brides have danced with their mothers, and I've even had brides choose two father-bride dances in cases in which she may have a biological father and a stepfather. I also had a bride do a family mesh-up dance where she, her brother, and her parents did a special dance to a mix of songs we put together, like Beat It, YMCA, Jump On It, and others. Which leads me to my next point. Mesh dances. I've had brides and grooms request we do a special mesh-up dance during one of their spotlight dances. Now what is a mesh-up dance in the middle of a spotlight dance? Well, a good example would be having the bride and groom start out with a slow song during their first dance. After the first chorus, the music suddenly stops, or we make it look like the computer messed up. Then they go into a totally different song and do a choreographed dance to it, which gets people laughing and really enhancing the party. Here's a good example. I had a bride and groom one time tell me that they wanted to do a mesh-up dance in the middle of their first dance song, but they didn't want anyone else to know about it. So we discussed it and planned it out. Before their first dance, I got on the microphone and, well, I played this off by telling uh, the guests that my computer was giving me issues the night before, but I was confident it was fixed now and I was sort of setting this up. Well, I called the bride and groom out on the dance floor. We started their first dance song, which happened to be My Best Friend by Tim McGraw. Right after the first chorus, I made the song skip, then it just stopped. Everyone looked at me and I had this panicked look on my face. I was really playing this off. And all of a sudden, the get-up starts playing and the bride and groom start dancing to it. I think the guests knew then it was all planned, but nobody except the bride, groom, and myself knew we were going to do that. Another example was during the father-bride dance. We started playing I Loved Her First by Heartland. After the first chorus, I made the song skip. Then we went into YMCA and a host of other upbeat songs the bride and her dad had rehearsed. So you can always do something like that as well. Again, mesh dances aren't for everyone, but as I always tell my brides and grooms, when it comes to your spotlight dances, there really isn't a right or wrong way to do them. You can be creative and do something as long as it's memorable for you and you believe that it fits your particular desires. So now let's talk about some icebreakers. What is an icebreaker? Well, that's just something extra that we can do to add a little more flavor to your reception. There are a lot of things we can do when it comes to icebreakers, but I'm only going to mention a few of our most popular ones uh, right now. The shoe game. Now, the shoe game has been very popular since we first started doing it back in 2010. The shoe game is very similar to a game show that Bob Eubanks used to host in the 80s. It was called the Newlywed Game. Some of you might be old enough to remember that. Or uh, I think that uh, even uh, a modern version of the Newlywed Game was on TV recently. Well, on that game show, the idea was to find out information about the newlywed couples who appeared by asking them questions. And with the shoe game, it's very similar. We have the bride and groom sit in chairs in the middle of the dance floor with their backs to each other. They have one of their own shoes as well as the shoe of their spouse. I then ask them a series of questions such as, who is the best cook or who's the better driver? I have a list of questions I ask, and sometimes the family will actually make a list of questions and give it to me ahead of time. We've done that before as well. And the way it works is if the answer is the bride, they hold up the bride's shoe. If it's the groom, they hold up the groom's shoe. Over the years, we've had some very funny answers, as you can imagine. And we've also had some funny questions as well. And you can go to YouTube and just type in shoe game for weddings, and you'll find many examples. And you can also find some examples on our YouTube channel as well. Another popular icebreaker we get a lot of requests for is the money dance, or the dollar dance, as it's called in some parts of the country. It's become very popular, and here's how it works. We ask the bride and groom to stand in the middle of the dance floor and ask all the guests to line up to dance with, their, with the bride or the groom, or both in some cases. Yeah, we've actually had people line up to dance with both the bride and the groom. Well, the guests will then pay to dance with you, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, etc. 
We always say that this is the bride and groom's honeymoon fund, and usually at the end of the money or the dollar dance, I usually say something like, I think we raised enough money to send our bride and groom around the world twice. So that's always a fun and a popular icebreaker you can do as well. The next icebreaker we're going to talk about really doesn't have a specific name that I know of anyway, so I just call it visitation photos at guest tables. You might know it by something else. Well, this is where the photographer will follow the bride and groom to each guest table and they'll take a picture with their guest at the table. And this can be a silly picture or it can be a regular picture, whatever you choose to do. Likewise, we've also done something similar where we will play a silly song such as the chicken dance and ask everyone to do something silly as the photographer comes around to their table. Usually this is done toward the end of dinner, but we've had more and more brides choosing to, uh, to do it and that's become very popular over the past few years. Now we have other icebreakers that we can suggest. There are a lot of other ones and the special add-ons that we can do as well. And maybe you have a cultural or religious traditions that you would like to add in. We could always do that. Oftentimes we have a bride who will be a member of a sorority in college and her sorority sisters would like to do a traditional song or something like that. And we could always add that in as well. At SNDJ Entertainment, we will customize your reception to fit your preferences and other professional DJ services will do the same. So be sure to talk uh, to your DJ about things you would like to add in. Now we're going to answer some questions. Last week in episode 5, I asked you to email me, call me, or text me with any questions that you may have, and I would answer those here in episode 6 of the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast. First and foremost, I want to thank you all for who took the time to ask questions. I really do appreciate that. And here are some of the questions that I received. Alan wanted to know if we did weddings during the COVID-19 pandemic and how did we handle things? And that's a very good question. At SNDG Entertainment, we did stay open during the pandemic. We're located in Florida and our state never really fully shut down. I, do, I know in other parts of the country, states fully shut everything down. And I know a lot of folks really went through some hardships on that. Well, the pandemic hit in March of 2020, just as our busy spring wedding season was starting. And as you can imagine, I started having brides cancel and postpone their weddings because of the pandemic. And the way we handled that is we simply let our brides and grooms choose a new date and we moved the retainer fee or any money that they had paid to the new date. They still got to keep their same package, their same rate, same discount, and the only thing that we changed was the date. And if they didn't have a new date selected at the time they were postponed, we simply just gave them a coupon and applied the, their retainer fee toward their new date uh, when they decided on one. We did have some brides that still had their wedding. Our first wedding after everything shut down was Memorial Day weekend of 2020. There were only 25 people there max, but the bride said the date was too important to change, so she still had her wedding and reception with only immediate family members. Throughout 2020 and 2021, we continued to host weddings, even though most of the brides had their guest list reduced down. For social distancing, I gave out my cell phone number to guests and had them text their request to me instead of coming up to the DJ table. And to be quite honest, I still give out my phone number to the guest over the microphone and have them text me, even though uh, we're no longer social distancing or anything like that. I found out that it's really a good idea. I also called tables by number for the buffet, reducing gatherings in the buffet line. And that worked out really well, and we got through it. Excellent question. Thank you for that question, Alan. We certainly do appreciate that. Now, Cindy asked me to explain the whole wedding reception timeline and how do we organize a reception without a time schedule? Again, another excellent question. And we went over this in more detail in episode three, but here's the abbreviated version. We think time schedules or timelines are great for everything leading up to and including your ceremony. However, when it comes to your reception, you don't want to set a strict timeline saying the couple will enter at this time, first dance at this time, cake cutting at this time, etc. 
Well, why is that? Well, a couple of reasons. First, you won't stay on time anyway. One little glitch will just throw the whole timeline off. Second, your reception is supposed to be relaxing and fun. And if you're constantly trying to stay on a time schedule for your reception, you're not going to be able to relax, have fun, and enjoy yourself because you'll be too concentrated on trying to stay on time. And we don't want that for you or the other vendors or anybody else. So what we do instead of a timeline, we set up an order of events with, with the events listed of your reception instead in an organized planner that we send out to your other vendors. Now the only difference is we don't uh, put times by each event. For example, we don't say your first dance is going to be this time, cake cutting this time, you know, bouquet throw this time. But we do have an order and we do follow that order unless the bride and groom specifically tell us that they want to make a change such as adding in or taking out things. Example. A couple of weeks ago, I did a wedding and the bride totally forgot the maid of honor and best man were going to do a toast. Well, she didn't indicate that on the information form and therefore I never put it in the planner. Well, at the reception, she remembered it and they both came up to the table. Well, we let them do their toast. Now think about this for a second. If we had set that up on a strict time schedule and one change would have thrown everything off, that one change would have. So that's why we don't recommend a timeline for the reception. And when it comes to your reception, the only times that you want listed is a start time, which is the time that you want your DJ set up and playing background music, a time for your caterers to have dinner ready, and an end time. That's it. Everything else will fall in place. And again, you can go back to episode three and we talk more about this in detail. Tammy had a question about beach weddings. She said she's planning on having her wedding ceremony on the beach and wanted to have a DJ, but she can't find a DJ service who can provide services for her. In other words, she's been calling DJ services, and a lot of them are telling her that they can't provide services on the beach, and she wants to know why this is and how we handle beach weddings at SNDJ Entertainment. Again, very good question. It's true a lot of DJ services will not provide services on the beach, or they will with very strict restrictions. First, let's talk about why many DJ services will not provide services on the beach. One of the uh, main reasons is getting the equipment out on the beach. Now, if you've ever been to the beach, then you can probably imagine that a DJ service can't just wheel a cart of equipment through the sand. A lot of times there are steps involved. You may have to carry the equipment up over sand dunes or something like that. So the main reason a lot of DJ services will not provide services on the beach is, well, it's just difficult to get the equipment out on the beach itself. Another reason is sand can uh, get in equipment, especially the speakers, and all over the cords, which can cause an issue, maybe some damage to the equipment. And the third issue is power. A lot of times it's not easy to get electricity out on the beach, so a generator or a system that runs on battery power will be required, and a lot of DJ services don't have uh, that type of equipment. A fourth reason is insurance. A lot of insurance companies will not cover the equipment if it's damaged by sand or other elements on the beach. So those are some reasons why you may have difficulty finding a DJ service who will provide services on the beach. And the ones who do will usually charge extra labor fees because they have to hire extra help to get the equipment on the beach. So what do we do at SNDJ Entertainment when it comes to beach weddings? First of all, we will provide services for ceremonies on the beach, but there are some requirements. We require a hard surface such as a walkway or concrete patio to set up our equipment and it must be easily accessible by cart. In other words, we wouldn't be able to set up the equipment in the sand. We would also require some type of covering for our equipment to protect it from the weather elements such as a tent or a covered patio. And then of course we would have to make sure that we had power. A lot of times we've had brides and grooms rent a beach house that backs up to the beach and they would have their ceremony on the beach behind the house and we would simply set up on either the patio behind the house or underneath the house if it's on stilts. Most other DJ services have similar policies as we do, so if you can provide that type of setup, then you shouldn't have an issue finding a DJ service for your beach wedding. 
Now, if you don't have a setup like we would require, then you do have a couple of options that we can recommend. You may want to contact a string quartet to have them perform your beach ceremony. Their setup is usually pretty simple and they can uh, move their equipment on the beach much easier than a mobile DJ can. They don't have all the electronics and the cords and all that. A second option that you may want to consider is having your actual ceremony itself on a patio behind a beach house or in a resort and then just having your pictures on the beach. Again, those are a couple of options you may want to consider if you can't find a DJ service to perform your beach ceremony. Sarah wants to know, have you ever worked with a bridezilla? Well, I don't like to use that term personally, but I can say in my almost 19 years, I've never really had the experience of what most people may call a bridezilla, but I have had brides that are more structured than others, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've had brides who were also very laid back and basically said, you're the expert, you set it up and just make everyone have fun. And uh, then I've had others that know exactly what they wanted from the very beginning. We put together the outline and they followed it to a T. But to answer the question, no, I have never had a bride that was very difficult or one you would actually see on the reality show Bridezilla's. Carrie asked, how long does it take you to set up and break down your equipment for a wedding? Well, that's a very common question we get. It really varies on a lot of factors, such as the venue layout, uh, like the distance between our vehicle to the area where we will be setting up. The package the bride and groom have chosen, for example, if they happen to choose a uh, package with a lot of uplighting and a lot of extras, it may take a little longer. And it also depends on whether or not we'll have two sound systems, one for the ceremony and one for the reception, and that can also impact to how much time we need. There are a lot of things that come into play when it comes to how much time we need to set up for a wedding reception and how much time we need to break down. But on average, though, we usually allow three hours for setup and anywhere from an hour to 90 minutes for breakdown and loadout. Again, that's, that can vary depending on uh, the venue and other things, but those are some very good averages for us. For me personally, it normally doesn't take three hours to set up, but I like to arrive at the venue and allow three hours because I'm one that really likes to take my time and you know get everything set up, and, and I want to make sure that I've got background music playing a minimum of 30 to 40 minutes before the bride and groom or the wedding party enter the reception, so we always make sure we do that. Again, thank you for that question. And thank you once again for all of your questions. If you have questions for me, feel free to reach out. You can call or text the SNDJ Entertainment phone number at 850-501-1590, or you can email me directly at weddings at sndjpensacola.com. That's weddings at sndjpensacola.com. And you can also feel free to visit the SNDJ Entertainment website at sndjpensacola.com. And that's going to wrap up this week's podcast. Once again, my name is Stacy Knowles, Entertainment Director and Mobile DJ at SNDJ Entertainment in Pensacola, Florida. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time on the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast. Take care and God bless.